Hello, you're listening to episode number 36 of BachCast. Right now we are listening to, in the background, um, a piece by Ron Nelson. Ron Nelson uh, is best known for writing works for wind band. And this is a piece that uh, I became very familiar with when I was pursuing uh, a graduate degree in music education. Um, some years ago at uh, Case Western Reserve University in Cleveland, Ohio, and this is a piece that I had the pleasure of performing. It had just won a major award, and it was something that uh, really spoke to me. Um, Nelson evidently took uh, inspiration in music by Bach. Uh, One of the themes in this piece are the musical letters B flat A C and B natural B A C H in German and in addition he uh, takes the theme and sort of the uh, the essence if you will of the fugue from this episode's uh, piece BWV 582 the Passacaglia and Fugue for organ so I'm just going to let you listen to a little bit of this um piece and uh, just because I think it's it's rather cool I'm going to put a link into the show notes of one of the performances that I think uh, you might want to check out it's also the performance here um, featuring the Dallas Wind Symphony Uh, this is a recording that was made in 2006 So after we heard a little bit of that work by Ron Nelson, Passacaglia on B-A-C-H uh, for wind band, we heard a little bit of a clip of another work, not by Ron Nelson, by, but Philip Glass, um, entitled The Canyon. And what you heard in both of those pieces was this idea of a theme that is going to uh, continue repeated and in, in each repetition 
new and interesting things happen to the point that when you get to the both the end of both of these pieces, it's loud, it's raucous, and it's just kind of awesome. Um, and reminds you of another piece, likely, that builds up over time, that gets awesome at the end, and that's um, Ravel's Bolero, that, that piece of repetitious um, music that just keeps building up and, and getting bigger and bigger, big giant crescendo-type pieces. In a way, Bach's Passacaglia for uh, organ with a fugue attached to it is is kind of a very similar thing. It's this build up, if you will, towards a, a big ending. And a passacaglia is a type of ostinato, uh, a piece that has a repeating bass line. And depending upon the format of it and depending upon, um, in some cases, the, the progression of harmony, um, the, the other big ostinato that we had in the Baroque period was the uh, chaconne. Uh, and these terms got kind of intermixed by Bach's time where things weren't purely chacones or purely passacaglias. And so we kind of go with that title even though um, Bach was not typically super strict on these. The big thing to remember is it has a bass line that repeats. You heard a variation of that in the Nelson piece. And so without further ado, I want to introduce you to this piece by Bach. We have a number of different performances I'd like to feature in this episode um, beyond what you've already heard. Uh, and to get to the essence of things, let's listen to Tan Koopman, uh, one of my uh, favorite organists. This is his, he's recorded it twice, and this is his 1984 reading that appeared on the DG archive label.
one of the things that makes this interesting is that Bach kind of composed it as one big piece. Uh, Bach is known to have favored a, a form known as the prelude and the fugue. Uh, we, of course, have the well-tempered clavier, the 48 sets of preludes and fugues in every key for a, uh, a keyboard. Could be a clavichord, could be a piano, could be a harpsichord. They all um, those pieces have been performed on multiple instruments, and they're they all have merit, I think, depending on their their qualities. Because Bach's music, I think, transcends uh, one particular instrument. And in this case, we have a piece that was written for the organ. We believe it was written relatively early in Bach's career. It's likely that he was influenced by his trip with um, music he heard when he visited Buxtehude, um, and there have been uh, similarities brought out against um, this work and the ostinatos of Buxtehude, and you can also look at, at the famous Pachelbel's Canon, right? It had an ostinato, the, the bass repeats, and then these, these series of variations, if you will, happen on top, and for Bach, there's 21 sets of variations of uh, different things going on above this theme. What makes it different is that the fugue is just sort of, it just rolls into a fugue. It, it doesn't have a stop point. Um, the piece is has been well uh, appreciated, I guess, over the years. It's been rearranged a number of times. You can go out and find um, a lot of reworkings of this piece including by compo late composers like Litzt, uh, who decided to uh, take his hand at this. We have uh, arrangements for orchestra that appeared in the 20th century that really made, um, you know, re-orchestrated this work for a large ensemble. And there is certainly a, a lot of drama built into this for me. Uh, there are parts of this that, that go on later on that just simply are... Um, they're amazing. There, there's just, this is an incredible piece of music. It's one of those pieces, however, that deserves a little bit of your time um, because just like that Canyon piece that I uh, played a clip from by Philip Glass, or if you listen to um, Bolero, or you're listening to any kind of long form piece, including the Passacaglia on BACH, uh, there is a definite build-up to it. So when we're looking at, at Koopman, he, he performs this at uh, just under 13 minutes. He also records it again uh, with his recording for Warner Classics uh, under the Das Alto Work label. Um, as I've mentioned before, you can get Koopman's uh, entire collection as a set right now, uh, which I think is a, is a really decent value for a... Um, collection of all of Bach's organ works. So at that recording, he records it slightly faster, about 1227. Uh, so he shaves a little bit of time off of it. And I'm not going to play that for you because I think, um, while I think the organ that's used there is is worthy of a re-listen and it's worth, if you only, for instance, had the earlier recording, would you get the second? I would because it, I just think it's a superior organ. Uh, we're actually going to listen to uh, a 2005 release by the ensemble known as Fretwork. Uh, Fretwork uh, is a vial ensemble, and in this case, there are uh, five performers. This came out on a uh, release called Alio Modo, 
uh, by Fretwork on the Harmonia Mundi uh, label. And this is an arrangement for five, in five parts of the Passacaglia BWV582. One of the really neat things that Bach is able to do, because he's got this theme that you you have to start recognizing, right? It, that it doesn't have to be on the bottom the whole time. And so that opens up some possibilities for us, uh, or Bach, really, for new harmonizations. So we just heard there where the, the bass viol goes goes lower than this ostinato and it's it's one of those things that's maybe a little easier to hear when you're not listening to just one instrument play but when you hear it arranged that Bach is going to pass that theme a little higher up in the in the order of things so that he can do some new things harmonically and um, uh, this performance I think is very clean sounding I think it's uh, unlike the uh, you know the uh, a 1960s recording with an orchestra, a big arrangement that doesn't really is way outside of Bach's sound world. Uh, this to me still has that sort of um, harkens back, if you will, to the maybe old-fashioned model that Bach is using here, um, and referencing something that may not have been uh, exactly modern in his in his day, but uh, definitely has. A deeper connection to Bach sound world than uh, a modern orchestra would, and to me, the clarity of the parts there when you take it and arrange it are is one of the benefits. It actually is worth, I think, studying, if you will, uh, depending on the organ version that you listen to, just so that things are uh, crystal clear to you. You can understand how things are interwoven and how the lines fit together. And this, of course, is one of those things. If if you have some ability to read music, would be fun to follow along with. Um, the next performance we're going to feature, 
uh, is one that actually inspired this podcast. Uh, it's a favorite of mine. It's the the uh, recording was featured in my last episode 35, where we looked um, at another Bach arrangement. Um, and in this one, we have Ensemble Contraste uh, that is performing this um, arrangement of this great Passacaglia in C minor. And I will next feature a little bit of this. Because if I keep starting at the beginning, you're going to, you know, compare things are. I'm actually going to highlight uh, something near the ending of the piece with this one. So you can hear sort of the, the climactic moment uh, where Bach uh, really, I think, lets everything go. And we get this, uh, just this wonderful collection of harmony. And you've, you've, as you listen to this completely from beginning to end, it just gets a little more complex slowly over time and just erupts into this uh, wonderful fitting ending. What'd you think? Did it live up to its uh, the hype I was giving you on it? There's that part that just starts right after I gave you the clip where it's like this. Duh, there's there's some trilling and stuff going on, um, which to me is just like it's it's definitely one of those effective um, little signals that would have been used in the period to sort of just show off, like. It's it's like shouting out from the organ loft. This is it. This is the big moment. I'm I'm giving you trills in two hands. Um, it's a code. It's a it's a it's kind of a. I'm I'm not I'm not very articulate here with an example, but um, if I were to make a whoop call or do a whistle uh, with two fingers in my mouth, you and go woo woo, you you kind of say whoa. Something's. I need. I need to stop what I'm doing and turn my head and see why somebody's whistling to get my attention. That was kind of the the code there in Bach. Um, I, I'm trilling all over the place, and this is this is it. The thing is, I think this ensemble contrast. I love their reading of this. I'm I'm giving you you know no reservations about going out and getting this recording just because this is one of many great arrangements by Bach on it. But I don't think they fully live up to the the drama that is possible when you've got a large organ at your disposal those those you know the chamber instruments simply can't rise to that so i want to first thank you for listening to this episode if you're not familiar with this piece please go out and get a copy of it somewhere enjoy it 
And again, you, you can get more than one. You have my blessing to do so because especially when we look at arrangements, there's, there's a lot of cool things that happen with dynamics between voices that really help us, I think, to better hear, hear the piece. Um, and I want to end with the ending again, but this time the 1994 reading by Tom Koopman on the organ, just because I think it's that much more awesome because it's a big, loud instrument and uh, it can do even more to bring the drama to the ending. Uh, and with that, um, this is John Hendren. I do not identify myself at the beginning of the episode, uh, the host of Bobcast. And if you like this episode or if you want to hear more, uh, this is number 36 in a series. Um, Go to bieberfan.org, B-I-B-E-R-F-A-N.org, where you can learn more. You can get show notes and links to things that I mentioned in the podcast. And so we're ending with Tan Koopman on the organ with Bach's Passacaglia in C minor, BWV 582.